This is More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back into More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth. It is again myself, Carrie Noni, and I am joined by Sarah Nobles, who is the principal partner of the Noble Group. I have Tamara Thompson, a doula at Maroon Calabash, and an activist, of course, and then Angela Lane, who is the director of Black Leaders Organizing for Communities. Now, Angela, we're going to start with you because we want to get into the social justice movement and how all of that kind of you know, plays a part in this. So the black community has been on the forefront of the social justice movement across the nation for 100 years. So what do you women see as some of the new social justice issues that are arising today? Well, first of all, I feel like there's just new, I think, ways that we're talking about things. Um, But sometimes it feels like it's the same issues, right? Um, Black folks are still fighting for the right to vote and to protect voting rights. Um, There are times that people thought that Roe was okay. Oh, we don't need to worry about, you know, codifying Roe in Congress or doing any federal legislation. We got that. Um, And clearly we're, we're here. And so I think, you know, we're having similar conversations. We're understanding, we're using different language as we talk about it, right? Um, You know, police brutality um, is more than Rodney King. It's state-sanctioned violence in every other um, way. We're having conversations about police brutality, um, specifically as how it relates to um, how funds are are being spent and how we're giving nearly 50% of our city budget to law enforcement, right? So we're, we're, I think we're getting a little bit more sophisticated um, because at the same time, um, white supremacy and misogyny and the patriarchy and all of the things um, have gotten a little bit more sophisticated. So we need to kind of, I think, adapt our, um, our thinking on it. But I think we're in this space where people are understanding intersectionality more. People are understanding um, sexuality more. People are understanding gender uh, fluidity more. And that's not to say that these things didn't exist in the past. I just think we didn't always have the language to to talk about it the way that we do now. Um, But one thing I think about a a lot is um, the Sankofa bird. And for those that are unfamiliar, it's a bird that has its feet facing forward um, with its neck facing backward. And the whole premise is that you can't move forward until you understand your history. And so um, that's a lot of what we do internally at Block is making sure, um, you know, we're not not just knocking on doors for the election or talking about issues. Um, We are connecting these moments to the moments of history. How did we get here? So we have our team research um, icons like John Lewis. We have people um, think about the the Voting Rights Act and and what does this all mean and how does that lead up to today? Um, Because I think the moments in the, the, the really heavy moments that we're living in right now are really due to unchecked privilege in some ways, but then also um, this idea that um, specifically Black people getting power is a threat to the status quo. And so um, we have to adjust our tactics and our organizing to, to reflect, I think, some of this uh, white anger that we're seeing in the in the rise of, of white supremacy and all the ways and forms it intersects with how we're able to live our lives. Um, but at the same time, we're seeing new people uh, join the movement. We're seeing young people. Um, I love being able to see young people as someone that is 33 and no longer a youth. Oh, um, I love being able to, <laughs> I, I'm, technically I'm not a youth anymore. I understand that. I've, I've owned that. But um, it, it is unfortunate though that you have um, 
these these young people, sometimes as young as 13, feeling that they have to be on the front lines of things like climate change or reproductive rights because they're thinking about their own futures. I really wish our babies were able to just be babies and not have to be activists. But if this is the moment that we're in, um, I do believe that everybody has a role to play, whether it's um, providing care, it's organizing and talking to your community, um, or it's being able to educate and, and talk to your friends and family. I think this is a moment where um, there's so many challenges that we're facing as a community that everyone, um, I think, understands that they need to be participating in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Now, what does that look like, the participation or how we can, you know, combat all of the issues that are arising and have been in the past? Like, what does that really look like? Because I feel like we've been having this conversation for a while and it 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 almost changes. I don't want to say evolves, but it just always changes. So what do you think it looks like to really work together to figure things out? Well, I think first being able to have dialogues and, and conversations like this in safe spaces where people can share the work that they do, they can feel comfortable asking questions. Uh, but one of the things that we kind of start with is basic education. You can't just be like, hey, come out and vote. Well, I don't even know what the process is. Like, why should I care about the state Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court? You know, how do I make my, my voice heard in those processes? So I think it's important by being able to just do basic civics. Um, that's not something that we talk about a lot. Um, if people are, if we want people to be engaged, it's very intimidating if you don't know how political process works or where you can inject your voice. And so I think <clears throat> starting that is, is being able to have education. Um, but I think more broadly, understanding that even if someone's like, I'm not an organizer or I'm not an activist or, you know, I'm not providing direct services or what have you, um, that doesn't mean that there's not a space in this movement for you. Um, you know, do you provide coaching, you know, hug an organizer, you know, black <laughs> organizers, we need some coaching. We need some work therapy. Um, are you uh, someone that provides like meditation services? Um, I was just explaining that we have what we call wellness Wednesday and we have somebody that's just like, I feel like I want to do something in this movement, but my skill set is being a yoga instructor. Great. The first Wednesday of the month, can you help our, you know, 70, you know, organizers and activists that are going out in the field kind of manage and just take a breath and breathe. Um, I think it's it's people being able to have conversations. They may be nervous to have conversations on the doors or with strangers, but how are we having conversations with our friends and families in safer spaces where people, you know, may not feel comfortable going to a forum or speaking publicly about some of these things. So I really do think that, um, there is there's a a, a a space for you, no matter what your skill set is, what your experience level is. If you feel strongly about something, uh, join an organization. There isn't one that you um, that you feel like fits your needs. Start it. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I did, <laughs> you know. And so sometimes we have to be uh, those people um, with support, obviously, um, because this work is hard. And so making sure that people have a support system, but making sure that there is a space that people can really find where they can utilize their skill, skill sets and where they want to be active and make the most change. But I think um, speaking specifically to, to Black women um, and to trans and non binary folks, I think it's important to make sure that we are centering um, some of the most marginalized folks. And so this doesn't mean, don't get me wrong, this doesn't mean like, hey, you know, straight white man, I'm, I'm listening to this, let me go start my own thing and, you know, be this white savior, understanding the role that you have in society and what that means um, and, and how much space you're taking up. Is this an opportunity for you to amplify your voice or is this an opportunity to maybe pass the mic to someone whose story isn't told as often? Um, but again, that doesn't mean that you don't have have a space in this movement is understanding what your role is in this movement. 
Now, Tamara, I see you snapping and nodding your head over there in agreement, and I know you're an activist as well. So, what? How do you feel about uh, this topic? I'm really glad to see how all of the combinations of the things that we've seen over the last 20 years kind of come to a head, right? So, social media has really been a pivotal part of it, where people are able to communicate lightning fast, where you could record something happening right in front of you. And within minutes, other people are watching it with you. And we all have this collective response and this collective voice to be able to say, that is wrong and it's not okay and I'm gonna do something about it. And so that paired with the ways that, like uh, Angela was saying, the way that we talk about things is different. When people are openly talking about their mental health now, whereas 20, 30 years ago, people were not so willing to even talk about their mental health. And, and it was so taboo uh, to even open your mouth and say that you're feeling depressed. Um, or to talk about um, thoughts of suicide. And now there's more acceptance and there's more normalization around being able to talk about that and being able to talk about all kinds of things, about um, you know body shaming, um, colorism. We can, we can talk about these things amongst ourselves outside of academic spaces where everyday folks can understand the concept and be able to teach it to their children. Um, how do we practice consent? Well, let's just start with naming our body parts, right? And so when I think about all of those things filling... Uh, this now social justice movement where people are saying these are issues that we see in our lives. How are we going to respond to it? And that level of organization that she was talking about is very organic. It's very it's beautiful to see the pulse of the things that we're able to do. For instance, uh, before the pandemic, it was the Wisconsin Doulas of Color Collective in partnership with the Be Noble Group went out and canvassed and knocked on doors of people who live in area codes where it's um, the highest rates of infant mortality. And we're like knocking on doors. Did you know this, this information? Did you know that you have the access to these resources? Did you know that these are your rights, no matter where you choose to birth, right? And so anyone who is, you know, feeling passionate about like, yes, this is this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm feeling. They're into it, whether they're like you're saying uh, a yoga therapist. People are making art now. People are creatives, right? And, and all of that is a part of it. If they're going to get to a mic and they're going to rap or if they're going to take to a stage and be a comedian and they're now talking about social justice issues, comedians mm -hmm. are talking about it, writers, dancers, you name it. And so I believe all of that is a part of it. And it, it's kind of reminiscent to, um, I can't remember what year it was, but 1970 something when at the Olympics, they kind of threw up the fist, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, okay, now it's in sports now. We have Colin Kaepernick on deck, right? So I really like the way that the social justice movement has morphed and it's, it's going to continue to go on um, with um, more ideas and creative energy. Yeah. And speaking of how to get more people involved and just keep this kind of continuing, young people with social media, what are some ways that people can use their own social media platforms to you know, keep the conversation going and bring more awareness to social justice and the things going on in our communities and co country. Can I add something? Of um, course, Carrie, just yes. Like it said, you know, one of the things that is really important for me to say as an elder is that there are such beautiful humans younger than me, <laughs> two of whom are on this show uh, with me, um, who really got it. You know, like got it as in doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for elders to echo. You know, the planet is in good hands. They know what they're doing. The, 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 there are so many things that um, we began, and there's no dissing that. I'm not, you know, I'm giving credit to all people who have done all kinds of amazing work. 
And we also have to give credit to the younger leaders who have this, like, resurgence energy around the things that were started and got laid down. You know, people kind of walked away from certain things. And it's really important to, um, you know, to, to, to acknowledge that. And it's also really important to know that we can get, we can maintain our energy best for the work if we notice that the pushback against our movements is really a direct result, and Angela was talking, you know, speaking to this, is a direct result of, like, noticing our true power. And so we, you know, it's so important for us to consistently hold on um, to those really important truths. Younger leaders are, are they're they doing the damn thing. They really are, and we really need to acknowledge that. And, and doing this work alongside of them um, in ways that we see ourselves as peers in the work is really essential. You know, the, the learning from each other, you know, kind of thing as, as we get this work done and just really seeing um, our, our own power, recognizing it as existing now, not something that was, you know, back in the civil rights movement. I love that you said it's in great hands with these young people. Okay, we know we're doing so many times people say, oh, what is the country going to be? These young people don't know what they're talking about or they don't know what they're doing. But I see so many youth, even just in middle school or in high school, like I mentioned earlier, using social media to just say how they feel. They understand what's going on. You know, we can't think that they don't understand because they definitely do. And I've, I've seen that 100 percent. Um, especially lately since the pandemic. Um, but going back into youth and social media, how can we also get other allies to fight for justice? Like what are the things that they can kind of do to be an ally? Um, one thing I would, or a couple of things I would say, one is, as I mentioned before, I really want to underscore um, is that if you are an ally to whatever movement, understanding your your place, right? Um, we don't need people to come in and be like, well, let me tell you what, what I heard this black woman say. No, pass the mic to the black woman so she can speak for herself. Um, so I think that's the first thing is understanding uh, the role of an ally. Um, Cause I think some allies think that they understand and they unfortunately don't. Mm -hmm. um, one, I also think that allies should be amplifying um, the lived experience and the stories and the content of the folks that are on the ground. Um, you know, if you have a platform, how are you using that responsibly? And another thing I mentioned is that, like, I'm just going to say it, th the movement's got to be funded, right? Mm -hmm. um, people have to be able to maintain a livelihood. And if people are connected to financial resources, thinking about how are you supporting um, causes that are important to you? Because um, at the same time, people are trying to, um, you know, make a dollar out of 15 cents. And Black folks, we find a way to make it work, but we shouldn't have to. Uh, what does it look like to actually um, have our programs and our services be fully supported so we can service more and more people, so we can talk to more and more of the community about these types of issues? And I think that social media does have a role to play. You know, people can amplify content on social media, um, good, bad, or otherwise. You know, people are, are posting things on social media, and sometimes it just starts a conversation. It starts a dialogue in ways that it, it maybe hadn't been before. Or I don't know how many times I'm scrolling on TikTok. TikTok, um, and I learned something new. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, oh, okay, I want to follow this person because I want to continue to learn more. And I wouldn't have known had that person not posted something on social media. We also see that social media could be a powerful tool to organize folks as well, how people are organizing around hashtags 
or um, how young people, I remember um, over a year ago now, young people were like, oh, we don't like this person. We gonna um, pretend to buy all of the tickets and reserve all of these tickets and then not show up. And then when this person speaks, they gonna speak to an empty stadium, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are ways to get creative with social media. And then I think being able to use that platform wisely. And if you um, may may not be the one generating that content, but understanding it's definitely important as an ally to amplify the content and the lived experiences of directly impacted people. I 100% agree. 100%. And I feel like black youth, especially, are the ones kind of leading that, you know, especially with the creativity of of coming up with different things. And I like how you mentioned hashtags. Hashtags are the new campaigns. Everyone's like, oh, we have to put a hashtag around it so people can find it. So I 100% agree. I was just saying they, they really are. I was really impressed with how we saw mutual aid just spring into action. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that warmed my heart so much because as much as I love, 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 uh, and sometimes feel like I'm modeling my life after the black Panther party for self-defense, I'm thinking about the ways that they responded to poverty was to put their resources together and feed the children breakfast in the morning. Right? So when we had the pandemic, we had the uprisings after the death of George Floyd, uh, we saw people making mutual aid. We saw people communicating and making, you know, pantries, in, on the street, right? Making sure that there was a refrigerator plugged up on the corner and it was stocked. If you needed something, come get it, mm-hmm. right? And we saw street medics, right? The, people at the protests were getting sprayed and we saw people that were willing to go to their aid, wipe their faces, make sure they had something warm to wrap around their bodies. And being able to see like young, invigorated, intelligent, well-spoken people that are willing to say, I am going to respond to this moment in history in such a way was really impressive. So I'm, I'm looking at all of the ways and the, and the new iterations of that same message. Yeah. So pretty much anybody can be an ally and help because everyone has a certain type of skill set that they have where they can use it to fight with us in this. Um, But this social justice movement isn't just about people voicing their opinions. It is about true democracy, which means government. So when we come back, we will discuss how legislation is a key in this fight. You're listening to More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth. 